stay standing for the reading of God's word. I'll be reading from Psalms 63, 1 through 8. O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you, so I will bless you as long as I live. In your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food, and my lips will praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night, for you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. Amen. Thanks so much, Sarah. You guys can grab your seats momentarily. So I didn't really plan very well, but uh, tonight is week number two of the teaching around Sabbath delight, which at the end of creation in Genesis 2, we're told that God stopped his creative work and he breathed in all that he had made and he said, it is good, beautiful, delightful. And in so doing, he invites us once a week to not just stop working, but stop working to create space for us to enjoy what he has made, to enjoy even the work that we have accomplished, to sit back and find satisfaction that we are able to utilize our creativity, our energies to actually make something of what God has entrusted us to. Part of this uh, experiment that we're doing about learning about Sabbath is integrating things that we love to do to bring us to worship Jesus. And so um, as this passage taught in uh, Psalm 63, we're told that God's love, his goodness is satisfying, can be satisfying more than the most satisfying of foods. And so I thought that we would start here today, not merely addressing the mind. So typically week one is more of a teaching unit. Week two is more of an experiential unit, a knowing through experience. It goes deeper and becomes a part of who we are. And so tonight we're actually going to be doing something here. Um, I'm curious, how many of you guys uh, prefer sweet to savory? Sweet to savory? Okay. I don't know dietary needs, but we're going to have an experience where you actually take a second and taste something. We're going to allow our actual senses to engage our mind and capture us in this moment, to startle us awake, because that's a reason why God gave us our bodies, is to actually startle us awake to his goodness. And so um, I don't really know how to do this. My vision was like, oh yeah, I'll just have everybody come down and get whichever they want. We have uh, Hershey Kisses. We have... uh, Halo, isn't that fitting, right? <laughs> little angel. Uh, and, and then we have uh, rosemary and olive oil triscuits for those of you who like the savory. So um, I, can I get a couple people to just help me pass these out? If you if you want a Hershey Kiss, let's do one of these. Just, just thank you. I see I see that finger. Uh, if you want an orange, just one. Uh, yes, just one for now. If you want an orange, give me the rock symbol, okay? There we go. Okay, okay, I see you. 
uh, and then for the Triscuits, give me the paper symbol, okay? Paper, so you get that paper, rock, finger. There you go. Okay, we got some, got some papers over here. Oh, there we go. This is gluten-free. Oh, she can't have oranges. Dang it, fail. Okay, orange, I see that orange over there. Orange, you glad I asked you? Who else wants an orange? Oh, I see that. I see that fist. Fist and finger. My man. There we go. There we go. Okay. Very good. Wow, I'm surprised with the Triscuits lovers. That's good. You guys are great. That's good. Okay. Um, and, and to be honest, this is such a beautiful thing. Uh, our kids, actually, I didn't know they were going to do this, um, but they did this last week. And so your kids are learning the same spot over there, uh, are learning some of the same things, that we are not merely just brains on a stick. God doesn't want just your mind. He wants your mind, soul, spirit, heart, and body. That's why he says, love the Lord with all of your heart, mind, soul, and body. And so we're going to use some of our senses, okay? Is everybody ready? Unwrap your stuff now, uh, and we're going to taste at the same time. And I want you to take as much uh, uh, moments to savor. Don't eat, savor, taste, experience what this is, okay? And as I'm talking, I'm just going to invite you to continue to munch. But then I'm going to ask for a couple of observations. What were some of the things that you were either reminded of, so a trigger of memory, or something, a taste that really stood out, or something that your body did in reaction? How did this make you feel, Okay. Yes, you guys are doing great at peeling those oranges. Smell, feel it on your face. Just kidding. Uh, whatever you can do to just integrate and, and interact with it, okay? All right. What are we smelling? Throw out some words. Rosemary. Ooh, robust salt. That's a great word. What else? Sweet citrus. What are you picking up? Anything? Energizing. Energizing. I like that. Okay. Juice. Anything else? I want more. I want more. <laughs> Is anybody having any memories that are being triggered? What did you have? The cracker. The cracker. Okay. The rosemary is triggering. Some. Is that a good sense? Okay. Any other memories being triggered? John? Stockings. You had what? An orange? Of course you did. <laughs> we always had an orange in the very toe of our stocking. I don't know if you guys did or not, but that was us. Anything else? Any other words you would use to describe what you've experienced? Chris, you got an orange? Oh. No, that, that can be, yeah. For sure. Beautiful. So this is just to get us warmed up, okay? If you were to do a study, as I did, on uh, different food tasting and palate cleansing, anybody know about palate cleansing? Who, who are the foodies in the room? Anybody? Rachel, Chris, yes, of course. There's different foods that actually will help you create a blank palate where you can help uh, to appreciate different nuances and subtleties of foods that follow. So some of you have had an experience of your orange based upon the fact that you brushed your teeth before you came. That's a bad experience, right? 
things that you bring to the moment actually influence your ability to savor and taste the subtle things that you're experiencing. Much like with uh, spicy food, the, there is like this chemical that's like an oil compound that'll spread through your mouth. That's why you don't drink water to get rid of the burning sensation. It'll just spread over your mouth. But in fact, that's why the tortillas are so helpful is they soak up that oil. Or even if you have a margarita or a beer, the alcohol and the acid in it actually breaks down the oil. And so it helps to dissipate the different uh, things that are happening in your mouth, okay? So there's like a science behind the idea of cleansing your palate, whether it be bread or water or whatever it may be. We as humans come to the table of experience with God with residue, with things that we've experienced. Have you ever sensed this? That when you come and we talk about the idea that God invites us to delight in me, to Taste and see, as the psalm says, that the Lord is good. Have you ever thought about the residue that some of the rest of life leaves when we come to savor Jesus? You see, there is a very real palate cleansing that we need to work with and understand. And the palate cleansing that God gives is grace. It is his unmerited favor that he allows us to drink in and to allow his goodness to completely, uh, as, as, the, as it said in, in scripture, though we are like scarlet, become white as snow. There is a cleansing, a renewal that God wants to give us so that we can taste the pure goodness of Jesus. And so uh, tonight, I just want us to become aware of some of the things that can actually make it difficult for us to savor and taste and experience who God is. How many of you guys struggle when you go to have some quiet time with the Lord? How many of you struggle? Are you struggling to read? Are you struggling to find a Bible? Are you struggling to understand the words? Or is it the residue of life, the ability to focus the, the ability to quiet your mind and your heart and your soul long enough to actually taste the nuance of who Jesus is. You see, we in our day and age of overstimulation need to recognize that there is like a very real uh, diagnostic of being overstimulated. And different people have even been diagnosed by this. Sometimes people who struggle with ADD or post-traumatic stress disorder or development delay, they actually struggle with the ability to interact where there are very high volumes of sense senses. So smell, hearing, taste, all of those things can become this very large cacophony that makes it difficult for us. But it's not merely people who struggle um, medically who have been diagnosed with this. I believe that as a culture, we are overstimulated. As a culture, we are oversaturated with noise and busyness, and it's difficult for us. I do want to normalize this idea that we have to become aware of the noise that we live in. And um, I've been discussing with a couple different guys that I love in our church who have sensory issues, and one of them was actually willing to come up and uh, just have me ask him a couple questions to be able to understand what it's like to walk into a space like this and try and connect with Jesus. Is that okay if I invite him up here and just have a little discussion? 
Ozzy, come on up, buddy. So Ozzy, if you've had the chance to get to know this guy, he's super smart. Why don't you sit right there, okay? And thank you. You're so brave for coming up here. Uh, that was kind of a weak clap. Can we just do that again? So um, I know a little bit about this just because of my own ADD, right? Yeah. Um, and I didn't really know what was going on, but I know in certain circumstances, I would just get super overwhelmed, and I'd be like, I'm out. Um, the first question I wanted to ask, or we, we talked about earlier actually, is when you come into a room, what are common things that grab your attention? Uh, well, the thing that's unavoidable is, or I mean, one of them is the things that immediately, what I see and what I hear. Mm -hmm. and, you know, I can't really focus on one specific thing immediately, but that's yep. kind of the first thing that I notice. Yeah, so like in this room now, is there anything that's really loud? Uh, no, but there's something that's really bright. Mm, yes. Okay. So question number two that I had is, how would you describe your experience when you're feeling that overload? What's it feel like for us to be able to understand? Uh, I can't, it's, it's difficult to describe, but it's kind of like you can't, like you can't hear anything almost. It's mm. like, it's so much sound that there's no sound at all. Yeah. But it feels like you're being like suffocated with sound. Wow. So sound is one thing that's a, a deal for you, right? Yeah. Um, anything else? Like some people, it's like smell. If you have a really powerful smell around you, that can be distracting. Is that something that you, you have or is there something different Not besides really. sound? Not really. Um, but the things that I see also, mm -hmm. if there's like a lot of bright lights in the room. Yeah. Yep. And that becomes very dominant yes. in your mind. Yeah. No, I thank you. Um, what helps you in those moments? Uh, usually, I just try to focus on one specific thing, mm -hmm. and you know, I try to find like some small, like maybe enclosed area. Mm -hmm. But like uh, silence and solitude, I think is mm -hmm. two things that help me to, you know, experience God's presence easier. Oh yeah, and that's my last question: is have you found a trick? Because that sounds like desperate moments, like um, when you're feeling overwhelmed, or, or when I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'll speak for me. Um, there's a, a desperation where I feel like I need to escape the intensity. Um, and have you found a way where you can run to the Lord in that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, silence and solitude. Like I said, it's, I, feel, I feel that it's easier that if, if there's no sound at all, it's easier for his voice to trickle into my mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so good. Thank you so much. Does anybody else have questions that you want to throw out? Thank you so much. I appreciate you very much. So if we're to look at Psalm 63, why don't you flip open your Bibles there. Psalm 63, we're told, this is a psalm of David. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul, it thirsts for you. My flesh, it faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I've looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and your glory because of your steadfast love. Man, it is better than life. My lips, they will praise you. So I'll bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. And on and on the beauty of this passage goes. Sometimes we can believe that when circumstances are perfect, 
that's when we're able to experience the goodness of God. And yes, we can do a lot of things to try and help us focus on Jesus. Even this room being black and being stripped back, except for what we see as important, is built and designed to help you connect with God. The way that we order our services, where we take a, time, take a minute and allow you to set aside that which you're bringing into the room to center yourself on what Jesus is after, where we call your attention and we have you stand to wake your body up and hear the words of God, to discussion-oriented teachings that allow the information to not merely just go in, and out, in one ear and out the other, our desire is to help you come alive to God and experience His goodness within us. We can control certain things in this room. But honestly, this room is but one alcove or outpost that we seek to establish the kingdom of God. But your life is lived in the world, at the workplace, in the streets, in the markets, in your homes. We would be wrong in thinking that David, because of circumstances being so perfect, that's what drove him to be able to pen these words. Because the circumstances, if you read the title of the psalm, Psalm 63, a psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. He was hiding. He was king, yet he was chased away from his own throne by his son Absalom, fearing for his life. He was alone in the wilderness, living under the stars. And so we have to realize that it's not the goodness and the circumstances that are so nice that often drive us to long and hunger for God, but it is the hard things in life. It are the moments that we wrestle and we know we need God. And so tonight, our desire is to uh, work within the moment that you're in. Each one of you, you have a, your own life. Monday is coming. But what if for this evening, we press in to taste the goodness of God? What if we were to um, investigate what the author of Nehemiah said when he said that the joy of the Lord is our strength? How many of you guys can remember a moment when the last time you felt God was delighted in you? That God, your maker, was delighted with you. I don't know about you, but that's not a framework that I'm used to thinking in. I'm used to thinking that God puts up with me. <laughs> He's patient with me. He somehow isn't mad at me. But throughout Scripture, we're told that God delights in creation. Not merely when He made it and said, beautiful, that's good, but as it's being remade in us, that's beautiful, it's good. And so tonight, I want to walk through what Scripture actually portrays to us about what actually brings delight to God. And we're going to invite the Holy Spirit, who His job is actually to make real the presence of the unseen God. 
Spirit of God among us. And so tonight, for you to take part in the experience of experiencing God's delight for you, you need to recognize that there's going to be challenges. Satan is going to try and snatch away the truths like seeds being planted before they hit your mind. And so tonight, I'm going to actually take some time, instead of just teaching at you, to present to you and walk with you through some scriptures and allow them to take root in us. How's that sound? Should we try? Zephaniah 3.17, The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will exult or sing over you and dance with loud singing. This is happening. There is a very real posture that God has towards humanity that delights over us because of Jesus. When he looks at humanity, he sees his son, and he looks at those who have found a a shield in his goodness as part of that new humanity that he is delighted in. And so we need to think through what it means for God to delight in us. The word delight in Scripture, in the Old Testament, it is the idea of bending towards. The idea of smiling upon It is God taking delight in you. Some of you can remember remember moments where someone who who meant a lot to you delighted in you. Maybe it was a dad who showed up at that awards banquet and you had worked so hard and you could see pride in his eyes. Maybe it was a child who looked at you like you were their superhero or the only one that could bring you comfort. They were pleased or delighted with you. Or a baby when they light up, when they see you. Delight. So we need to think through, what does it feel like for God to delight in us? All right, so the first thing we're going to go into is what brings God What brings God delight? Well, Micah 7.18 says this, Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance? He does not retain his anger forever. Why? Because he delights in steadfast love or mercy. So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. I'm going to read verses over you. I'm going to pause. And I'm going to say, God, I'm going to invite you to say, Lord, I want to experience your delight tonight. Will you help me to feel your pleasure with me? So some of you, you're coming to this moment and your palate cleanser needs to be triggered. And so I'm going to ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes. Nobody look, just kidding. As your eyes are down, I'm going to ask you to acknowledge what you're bringing into this moment. 
thank God I'm distracted from wrestling. I need you. This word tells us that you delight in giving mercy. I need your mercy. And so as God is giving me mercy, know that as he comes near, he is overjoyed to offer mercy to you. First Samuel 15.22 says, As the Lord has a great delight, does he delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices? As in obeying the voice of the Lord, behold, to obey is better than to sacrifice and to listen than the fat of rams. God delights over the moments this last week that you chose to obey. Take a minute and envision yourself in different moments that you obeyed God this last week. that in those moments, no matter how small, God delighted in you. And even now when he thinks about those moments, there is pride that wells up in his heart. Don't allow the failures to cancel out the delight that God has in you because of Jesus. He gives us a clean slate. So as you wrestle internally to be convinced of God's delight in you, confess the things that come to mind and say, yep, that's true, take it away. And Jesus, I can't believe that as you take away my sins, you're giddy you are kind to me. That as I drink in your grace, you adore seeing me do that. Not only this, but we're told in 1 Samuel 5 that our listening, our attention delights the heart the atmosphere of your pleasure and your joy. 
Proverbs 11.20, those of a crooked heart are an abomination to the Lord. But those of blameless ways are His delight. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who are faithful, who act faithfully, are His delight. Think back in your life to the moment where you had the opportunity to deceive someone for profit and you chose not to. Where you spoke the truth and it was costly. Remember that moment. Remember the wrestling and the cost that was brought to you. And then remember, overlay your memory with this truth. That when your words spoke truth, God celebrated over you, delighted in you, and you carry that delight forward with you. sins emerge, you deal with them, bring them before the Lord. You are called faithful, and God delights in your prayers to hear your voice in the middle of the night sparks joy in Him. Even now as you turn your heart towards Him, He delights in Testament, 1 Timothy 2 says that the Lord delights in a quiet life. 1 Timothy 2 3, that we may lead peaceful and quiet lives, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and pleasing in the sight of God our Savior. the ways that you build your life to create peace, quietness, stillness. These are the pockets that God delights in.
eternal life. Romans 12, 1 says this, appeal to you brothers by the mercy of God to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable or pleasing to God. For you to simply throw open your arms and say, God, all of me today. That, that is to find yourself squarely in the delight and joy of the Father. Some of you may be wrestling today to allow the truth of God's delight to really be yours and not just someone else's. The good news is found in Psalm 16.3. As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my in the New Testament we're told that Jesus is the one who opens up the new way, the new land the new blessing, new promise and if you have placed your life in Jesus' hands and you have followed him you are what is described as one who is a delight to God. Just being is a delight to God. Deuteronomy 30 verse 9 says this, The Lord your God will make you abundantly prosperous in all the work of your hand, in the fruit of your womb, and in the fruit of, the, of your cattle and the fruit of the ground. Why? For the Lord will again take delight in prospering you as he took delight in the fathers. Oh Lord Jesus, would you banish the feeling and the lie that you begrudgingly prosper us. That you begrudgingly forgive us would you cast out this idea that you are only tolerating us, God? You delight to bless us. It makes your heart sing to pour out your goodness and for us to drink it in. Oh, Lord, could this be what is meant by your joy is our strength. experience your joy, God. It builds us up. It makes us bold. It creates a insatiable hunger for you to please you, to bring delight in you, God. Because by some great mercy, to be a delight to you, God, is thrilling for like mounting up on wings as eagles. May I thank you, Lord, that one day we will enter into the joy of the Father when our life comes to an end.
contentment and pleasure with us. So as we bring this time to a close, you've heard some things tonight. Different areas. Different moments that God has truly delighted in you, whether you know it or felt it or experienced the benefit of it or not. Today, Jesus wants to open your eyes, open your heart, throw open the floodgates for you to be able to taste and see the goodness of Him, of His kindness. So as we come to a time remembering the body of Jesus broken, his blood shed, which truly is that which takes away the sins of the world, I'm going to ask you to use your breath as a way of aligning yourself with what is true. As you take in a deep breath, ask the Spirit, please fill me with your presence. And as you breathe out, breathe out any distraction, any regret, any sin, any worry, and continue that cycle of breathing in Spirit. souls to rise to you in worship. We love you so very much. Please receive our praises. In Jesus' name. There'll be a table of communion that you're you're welcome to partake in as we savor the goodness of Jesus who poured his life out for us. 
as we worship. Please feel free to observe that.